The news on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham. How's it going? It's going great. I thought I'd kill the intro because then we we kill another minute when we do that. So both maybe I should have oh, done that though. So as <laughs> my old friend Peter Warren would say, get on with it. Uh, you, you know. Uh, and it's interesting because I think in in this, as 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 parents are concerned, you want to make this as normal in abnormal times. But I'm wondering if we're giving our kids a bit too much leeway because you want it to be as normal as possible, even though school is not normal. Nothing's normal right now, so I guess it depends on the on on the dynamics of the relationship with your with your children. But can you be giving kids a break? eight minutes into this you know i think that the great game of denial we all play with ourselves and our and our kids is that we're trying to pretend this is normal when it's not um so i think i'd like to start off by giving families and parents permission to basically say out loud it's okay to tweak your parenting to you know more reasonable settings during a deadly global pandemic thank you (laughs) see you next week uh but no really uh, i think that you have to find that balance i think some families are losing a sense of structure and are, and are starting to struggle because they've sort of lost giving in too much to the hedonistic or giving in too much to people being comfortable in the moment. And I think that there are moments when you have to give in to your kids when they're really struggling, but you also have to find that balance. All right, let me ask the question a different way. What are sure. Simon's fundamentals then? Because you, 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 there's, there's room, right? But uh, there has yeah, oh, to be sure. fundamentals here, bedtime, sure putting the yeah. electronics away, those types of things. Yeah. Uh, what are what are kind of those areas where this is a must? So so Maslow was this, uh, a psychiatrist, psychologist who talked about the hierarchy of needs. And, and you're, you're really hitting on something really important here, which is we have to start off with just the basic conditions. Like if this, if our family's a garden, we just need to have at least some sun, some water and some soil. So sleep, diet and things like that are really, really important for sure. But I think that what we're really talking about is we want our kids to develop skills, to develop accomplished things, to develop ways to cope. And I think that what we have to do as parents is find that balance. And first of all, just realize one thing that when we're parenting our children, it's almost like driving an automatic car. But when we're parenting our teenagers, it's the standard. And not all parents have learned how to drive standards. So, so that's the first thing to sort of think about. But when we're thinking about being softer or too soft on our kids, that only becomes a problem if it starts to interfere with their ability to develop age-appropriate skills. And, and, if, and if we are too soft in our kids, we're going to see delays in their ability to do things around independence, around coping. So like having a sleepover or doing homework or, or being able to balance chores and school, these are important things. Balancing screens and sleep. So I'll give you an example. My 11-year-old daughter was looking extra zombie-ish in the last few days, and I didn't say anything. And she came to me and she said, hey, Dad, I've been actually not sleeping well for four or five days now, which probably means for a few weeks if she's catching on to it. And I'm a child psychiatrist, supposed to be really smart and connected to my kids. And my daughter looked exhausted and I didn't realize how much her sleep had been suffering. So again, it's too easy to sort of feel like everyone around us is just floating and we're not connecting as much as we should be with people around us. So I, my daughter and I sat down and we said, what can we do about this? And, and she said, well, I, I really like my pad at night, Dad. And I said, I understand that, but I think we're going to have to take it away for the next few days um, because we, it looks like it's really interfering with your sleep. And she was unhappy in the moment, but it's three days later and she is a different kid now. And so we have to also, as parents, get over those uncomfortable moments when we frustrate our kids or don't give them what 
gratifies them immediately or makes them happy um, because we are looking at a bigger issue or a bigger picture. And that's what we have to keep in mind. And I think you hit on something there. There is the, those things that you can be a little bit more lax on. And then there's those, mm-hmm. those firm boundaries because as I have grown to learn now as a parent of technically he's an adult, he's 19. Um, from the moment they're born, it's, it's the long, slow process of letting go. And when you Mm. let go, you have to hope that they can remember to brush their teeth and change their socks and underwear. Like those are the fundamental things of living life that they better know by that time. And so it is difficult maybe in the moment, but you have to remember you are trying to set them up for the future. But the beautiful thing about parenting is you can always circle back. You can always go back to your kids at any time in their life. Um, they don't always like it, but you can go back and you can check in on them and give them some support and, and, and even not even make it obvious, right? We're, we're pretty smart as parents. We're supposed to be smarter than our kids. And so we have to feed them information and, and help them learn skills, maybe by not shaming them, not embarrassing them, not making them feel like they're less than for not knowing it, but recognizing that they are truly learning how to do these things for the first time. So if you imagine parenting as like sailing a boat, then you can let go of the rudder a few times and you can let the child sail, but you can't let go of it forever and you can't turn your back on it. Um, You have to keep one eye on it at all times, even when they're 19, um, because they are taking on bigger life challenges Mm -hmm. than they ever have before. And the imposter syndrome is even greater. So they need more reassurance from the people that know them and love them to tell them they can do it. I, I say I'm I'm always happy to answer the same question uh, more than once, so that in a different way, so that it, those lessons get through, and the, and, and the, that's something that I'm happy to do. And, and I'm wondering, it's if never it's... the same question. It's never the same question. That's Just true. Like your drive, your drive to work is never the same drive to work. I opened my fridge five minutes before this radio show started to grab a drink, and uh, the bottom shelf fell out, and a wine bottle smashed, and I was like, okay, great. Life just punches you randomly, and and it's punching our kids too. And so every day when they want something, it's not the same question. It's they're looking to sort of fill that tank up a bit more again. And we all do this for each other. And that's one of the great things about us as humans. We, We can help each other just by a look or just by a word. With Dr. Simon Treppel, Richard and Julie with you on 680 CJOB. Your kid doesn't want to go to school, just wants that day off. Yes, no? Yeah, I think it depends on on what that might lead to. Uh, I think sometimes that's completely reasonable. Um, I'm a big believer of mental health days. I think we have underestimated, we undervalue mental health. I think that we ignore our kids until they're really, really struggling. And I think that we can really find that gray area when the gray is getting darker and they're seeming to struggle more. And then we have to figure out what's going to work. But if it's anxiety, for instance, and it's an avoidance technique, then actually avoiding something, if it's anxiety behind it, makes it the anxiety stronger and it becomes even more difficult. So I think you have to also understand the dynamic behind why they don't want to go. So ask the question, ask the question, the why, the the why, the why. Yeah. And remember, they have half your genes, so you might know why they don't (laughs) want to go to school. And and I'm wondering in, in this time when you're concerned about, you know, keeping routine or being lax, if that is trickier for parents with kids maybe that are on the spectrum or have other needs because you know nothing is normal if you have trauma if you have anxiety schedule is comforting predictability is soothing and so those things are really important whereas other families who don't have kids who are struggling with those things you can have like a a saturday which just a chaos saturday to kind of throw off the, the give everyone a bit of a break have a mini vacation or holiday in those seven days 
But if you carry that to the Sunday, you can somehow have trouble to residuals to Monday. So yeah, it really depends on your family and your kids and how quickly they they can bounce back from changes like that. Teacher check-ins are uh, important, uh, even in these different times here, because there are a lot of teachers that are uh, nervous about what's going on right now. This is about report card time. And again, nothing is normal. So, you know, you're trying to find out how your kid is doing. And I, I would suggest that, you know, their emotional well-being, it's important all the time, but I would think that it's even more important this time around. And to really try to get a sense of that from from the teacher. Yeah, you know, teachers can be very important if they have good relationships with their students. Uh, sometimes it can be misleading, though, if they don't have a good relationship, the teenager mm. won't, show, won't show them authentic things. But I agree with you. When a teacher's noticing something, that's often when it's become a very significant uh, time because teachers are managing so many different things. Um, but if they have a closer relationship with, with your child and they're noticing something, absolutely, that is really valuable collateral information, as are their friends, as are their friends, parents who, who talk to them as well. I don't know if you've done any reading on this area within the pandemic times right now, but are we starting to see more of uh, the, the disorder behavior that we would see, eating disorders, cutting, et cetera? Um, yeah. Are we starting yeah. to see more and more of that now? Yeah, we're, we're starting to see, uh, well, first of all, anecdotally, when I talk to people and I talk to people all day and I have throughout the entire pandemic, those with social anxiety uh, tend to have gone a little bit better, uh, feel better during the pandemic mm-hmm. because they don't have as many. But but for many, for almost everybody else, it's been harder. And uh, so we're seeing like doubling and almost tripling the rates of substance abuse, of domestic violence, um, trauma and PTSD is also becoming a lot more prevalent. A lot more people are forced uh, to be in situations where they don't have an opportunity to escape. And so we're, we're definitely seeing a lot of those things. I imagine, you know, two or three years from now, when we start having some really good epidemiological studies, we're going to really see uh, some of the major trends, uh, the impact of the, of the pandemic itself. And this is our very first pandemic. None of us are good at this. Uh, and, yeah. I, and I really feel for teachers too, trying to convert entire curriculum. Can, can we ask our children, uh, roll up your sleeves? I want to see your yes. wrists. I want to see this. Yes. Um, you, you, you should have their passwords to all of their electronics because you're paying for them. If a Russian you know, hacker has access to their password, so should you, as well as the NSA. So the point is, yeah, you need access to your kids' lives. Um, and and, and they, don't, they don't get to hide that from you. You, you, you don't have to read their diary. You just have to know where it is and how to get to it. But Because but if, if they go missing, you need to find out how and where and why. You've had this conversation, I'm sure, with a lot of teenagers and with a lot of adults that, you know, believe in their children's independence, but uh, have taken it to that nth degree. And I think that there's a generation of let's avoid the confrontation. And what I'm hearing from you is at times confrontation is necessary. Well, let's be honest. Uh, half of us are conflict avoidance and half of us see conflict. So the point is the half that are conflict avoidance are yelling the loudest, leave the kids alone. But kids aren't capable of being independent because they're kids. Teenagers are not capable of being independent truly because they're teenagers. It's adults that are capable of that. So we need they need our support and our guidance until they can learn those skills. And I think that's a really important thing we have to keep in mind. You know, sometimes ignorance is bliss, and I think parents who are overwhelmed by and worried about how their kids are doing would rather not think about it. But we have to see what their arms look like, you know, how they're doing, what their grades look like, what their friends look like, um, so we can be there for them in the best way possible. 
And let's be honest, some of us who are adults are barely making it as it is right now. So hey, that felt the... personal. That felt like personal attack. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, well, um, I'm not the one that's down a bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah, go I clean up your good. fridge. We got to go. I'll, I'll clean it with a straw. The news on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.